Hey y'all, how's it going? Aji Quote Aji's baby, do what you're doing. Another uh, truck recording, I'm on the highway again, interstate. And uh, that little intro was a little little snippet of a song that I made a couple months ago called Lo-Fi Rain. It's kind of a cool song, that was just one little segment of it. How's it going? Y'all doing alright? I hope you're doing good. What are you grateful for? What's good in life? What's bad in life? What's not fun? Uh, what is fun? What's a high and a low? How are you? Hello. How'd you quote Aggies? <laughs> Guess where I am right now? I'm in southern Idaho. Yeah, last episode I recorded last week. About, about uh, nine days ago. Was, uh, was on the road in Texas. Headed to Idaho to go hunting hunting for a week with some buddies we had a good time and um i'm just gonna share a little thought on that i'm headed been driving through idaho today from north to south headed towards salt lake city it was really cool i I decided on this way home that you spend maybe a couple days longer than i wanted to (sighs) um not killing myself by driving so much every day but just driving anywhere from six to ten hours each day until I get home it's it's about 30 hours um and the way it's going to be broken up it'll take about four days to get home but today I made it to a point to get to Boise uh Boise Idaho to visit some some people uh in particular uh, uh, a company called Cryptech it's a camouflage company and I just wanted to meet the owner and his daughter I've been working with them with some camo stuff. Just really good people, veteran-owned, just a family man, um, just good, good, good people in Boise. I'm headed to Salt Lake tomorrow to visit another friend, Evan. I'm gonna go visit the Hoyt Bow Factory, which is kind of cool. Uh, then the day after that, going to Colorado, drop off David's stuff, then to New Mexico, then home. So that's gonna kind of be the the roundabout way on the way home. I did, you know, how, how I'm getting home. Um, couple cool things first of all <laughs> I, I met a number of people this week just out in the woods whatever on the road passing or in camps whatever driving through uh, and a lot of them recognized my accent and a uh, lady today at it's funny I stopped for gas and um, at a little bitty gas station in, in a little little country town little mountain town of in Idaho and uh, they had little sausages and stuff out for breakfast and uh, I asked the lady if it was self-serve or if I could just grab it. Um, and she kind of laughed. And she said, yeah, it's always like that. And I said, I just, just want to make sure I didn't want to stick my little hands, you know, grabbing food if, I, if, if, it's, if y'all are supposed to be serving it or anything. And she said, no, you're all right. And I said, well, my mama would beat my ass if I did it without asking. <laughs> and she got a laugh out of that. But then I was checking out, and she... Uh, she asked where I was from. I said, Arkansas. She said, oh, I thought, you didn't sound like you're from here. And I said, well, where'd you, where'd you think I said, where you think I was from? Where'd you, and she said, I was thinking Kentucky. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can handle Kentucky. That's cool. Because a few days before, I uh, passed this uh, couple, husband and a wife, on the, the road in the mountain and uh, chatted with them for just a few minutes and uh oh man I got the yards it's not it's not late it's only 7.30 but 
little side note. In the woods, what I love about it is I go to bed when the sun goes down. Whereas when I'm at home, the lights are on. I stay up too late. So this got me in the habit of going to bed early. But anyhow, this couple was sitting on the road. We chit-chatted a little bit. They were like, where are you from? <laughs> I said, Arkansas. And they said, oh, you sound like you're from Boston. I was like, what the hell? I said, I, said, I ain't no damn Yankee. <laughs> they got a laugh out of that. I said, I'm a redneck, and I'm proud of it. Uh, so anyhow, people recognize my accent. Do I have an accent? I don't know. It comes out depending on who I'm around. And depending on what I'm doing, sometimes uh, I don't have it at all. But um, kind of a neat thing, kind of a neat realization in this week when I was hunting. Every time I go hunting, especially out west, I'm really pushed to some new limits and I learn, learn more stuff about myself. One of the cool things that I learned this week was just, well, I knew I loved hunting. But I really realized as much how much I really, really do enjoy it. And also realized how important it is for my soul. Why it's so good for me. And one of the big things is that hunting and ministry have a lot in common. And what I mean is that, I'll preface it by saying, I'm a curious person. I love learning new stuff. I learn challenges and finding limits and pushing them. So, for example, music. I wanted to learn how to make music. So I just figured out how to make music and made some songs. Uh, knives. That's a recent thing. I wanted to learn how to make knives. So I learned how to make knives, and I made knives. Um, two little, you know, those two things, for example. Um, I Part of the, the hunting process that I really enjoy is processing the meat afterwards, which I really enjoy. I do a good job at it. I also enjoy keeping the hides and the skulls. And I've learned how to do some basic taxidermy stuff. So, like, I learned these things. But at the heart of hunting, I can do everything correctly. I can do everything, like, I can execute everything perfectly within my control. And it still doesn't mean that I will get an animal. And that was what was kind of frustrating frustrating me this week. Because I was, gosh... I want an animal so bad out west. I want to go out and either get an elk or a bear. Just so badly. So badly. There's just like this mystique about it. And it's a lot of hard work. A lot of preparation. And I've done all the hard work and all the preparation. And when I get out there, I hunt smart. I hunt hard. I, I hunt for a long time. I go. I do everything right. But I still haven't gotten an animal. Does that make me a bad hunter? No part of me thinks that when I'm hunting and I don't get anything it makes me feel like a loser, like a failure but I've executed everything that I possibly can execute within my control to near perfection, as ideally as it can be done, I execute it but I'm still not getting an animal and it, because there's this element of like of that's completely out of my control this aspect of the animals. I cannot control if an animal is going to be there or not. I cannot control how the animals respond. I cannot force them to do anything. I just have to keep doing the work and putting myself in the right places at the right time and hope that the animals show up and, you know, play the script or read the script. Follow the script? Whatever it is with the script. Make sure that they, you know, do their part. 
follow the script, I think it is. Yeah, make sure that the, try to get the animals to follow the script. And they, most of the time, they don't. Most of the time, they don't. And that, you may be thinking, okay, well, ooh, what's the big deal about that? Blah, 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 blah. Well, in ministry, this is what kind of hit me in the woods. Ministry is a lot like that. And so many of our vocations, I'm not talking so much about our occupations, I'm talking about our vocations. Our vocations are very much like hunting. An occupation, your job, you can pretty much learn it to, you know, near perfection. You can execute the tasks and get your stuff done. That's an occupation. That's your job, you know. But a vocation has an aspect of love, which is an aspect of surrender and vulnerability. And has a part of it that requires that you abandon your control. And it requires you to entrust yourself to something out of your control. Your husband and wife. Like, you're, you know, you're, if you're a husband, if, then your wife. Or if you're a wife, then your husband. You know, like, or your kids. You can do everything correctly, but you cannot make them respond. Like, ultimately, it's their, the way that they respond is their, their response. That's love. That's relationship. Same thing for me and my priesthood. Like, my relationship with Jesus Christ manifested or carried out through this ministry. I can do everything, like, quote-unquote, perfectly as a priest. Like, I can, I can get all my priest stuff done. But that doesn't mean that people are going to come to church. It doesn't mean that people are going to, you know, uh, become saints. It doesn't mean that everything's going to go the way that I want it to go. I just got to keep showing up and putting myself in place. So many aspects of our life are like that. And, and it can... It can frustrate us. And so the distinction is in those moments, kind of tying it back to the last podcast I did, you know, being where your feet are. Sometimes we can be so task-oriented that the aspects of our vocation, our calling to love and our calling to life, are carried out by simply checking boxes and getting stuff done instead of being present. Being present. And that requires us to slow down. You know, sometimes we got to slow down, but like still do hard work and get it done fast. But I'm talking about an interior disposition of being still, being calm, being gentle, not forcing it, being present. Does that make sense? I don't know if that resonates or if that makes sense to you or not, but it really, like, it really hit me hard whenever I heard that. Or like whenever that the Lord gave me that little realization. And it was really cool. And that's kind of the takeaway um, from this hunt. What's that going to do for me in ministry? I don't know. I don't know. I'm still still trying to make sense of it. But it was just a really neat realization. We'll see how it plays out. You know, it may, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. But it's going to look like something. So if I can just remember that to just, um, I got a hiccup Another yawn. Um, I, get, I think a part of it, I'm saying um a lot because I'm really thinking this stuff out as I'm talking it out loud. A big element of it is me being okay with what I've done and recognizing that stuff ain't going to always go the way I want it to go. And that's okay. That doesn't make me less of a person. Which kind of leads to the last point when I was out there, I was reading a little bitty, like a short reflection from a guy named Chris Williamson. You know, he has a podcast, like a, he's like a pop culture, you know, podcaster, you know, 
sage kind of guy, whatever, like gives these deep thoughts. Um, he, he, he made this point. He said, what kind of friends do you want? Do you want friends who love you for what you can do for them? Or do you want friends who love you for who you are? And the answer is obvious. We want friends who love us for who we are and not what we do for them. Okay. And then he continued to write in this little short reflection. How do you love yourself? Do you love yourself for what you do or do you love yourself for who you are? And the majority of us, the majority of the time, very often judge ourselves on what we do or what we don't do versus who we are. And so that's, that was kind of like the, the big nugget that I took away from this hunt trip. Being, being like okay with who I am. That doesn't mean like I'm, I'm okay with mediocrity and just being stagnant and you know, I, I'll do what I want to do kind of stuff. No, that means I, 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 I still need to strive for sainthood. I strive to be the person that God's created me to be. Here's number four. <sighs> Sorry for the yawns, people. The sun went down. I'm going to pull over at a truck stop here in a little bit and take some sleepy sleeps, go to bed. Um, if you're wondering how I sleep whenever I'm traveling, I um, have a little bitty cover on the back of my truck, and I sleep in the bed of my truck. And it is honestly some of the best sleep that I ever get around the year, like year-round, are these nights whenever I'm away from the house and everything, and I'm just in the back of my truck sleeping. It's so peaceful. People have often asked, are you not worried about psychos at the gas stations? I'm like, well, not really, because twofold. One, whenever I go to bed, I do have... I have... um, I have things in place to keep me safe, and I'll just leave it at that. So if someone, like, tries to come into the back of the truck or, like, break into the truck and, like, beat me up or whatever in the middle of the night when I'm sleeping, they're going to be in for a rude awakening, and it's going to be an unpleasant experience for them. So I have instruments in place to keep me safe. But then also the other thing is I know I'm not worried about psychos at the gas station because that's exactly what they're thinking about that random person sleeping in the back of their truck. They're saying, oh, if I break in there, like, they're, like, telling, like, saying, like, don't go near that car because, like, there's a psycho in there. They think I'm a psycho. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm going to stop and pull over a little bit. Anyhow, yawns. I was yawning a lot tonight. I'm about to to wrap her up, but I just want to share that with you. A couple fun things. The the whole thing with the accent. People thought I was from Kentucky or from, from Boston. And then, um... I don't even know what accents those were. I just did. But uh, had a good time hunting. Um, that realization that uh, hunting, the reason I love it so much is that it just helps me keep things in perspective for ministry and my priestly vocation in that um, uh, I'm committing myself to something that's out of my control. And that's the beauty of love. Committing yourself to something that's out of your control surrendering yourself to something completely out of your control. And so therefore you have to, oh, this is getting deep. This, wow. So then you have to reckon, reckon with or wrestle with and reckon with and, and come to terms with the thing that you're surrendering yourself to that's out of your control. And is it something that will seek your good? Wow. That's cool. 
Because I'm thinking now of like the extremes of like drugs, for example. When people take drugs, they lose their faculties. So they surrender their control to this other thing that controls them. And it's not a good control. But if you surrender yourself to someone that loves you, they're going to love you. And they're going to will your good. That's so cool. Surrendering your control to, to something else. Someone else is ultimately what it is. And, and hunting is like that you know, with the animals. Our relationships are like that with other people. And our life is like that with God. So, that's kind of cool. That was number five. Yawn number five. That's kind of cool. Cool realization. Surrendering yourself. What do you surrender your control to? And then, um, how do you love yourself? Do you love yourself for what you do or don't do? Or do you love yourself for who you are and who God's made you to be? A couple little final thoughts. They're not deep or anything, but... On the way out there, I was thinking... After I picked up David... Last Sunday, I left around 12.30, drove to the panhandle of Texas, woke up, and then drove from about 7 a.m. until 9 a.m. the next day, 26 hours straight. Shit. I didn't do it all straight. I went to central Colorado, picked up my buddy David, and then we tag-teamed the rest of the way to Idaho. Wow. That was a long night um, and then we hit the ground Tuesday just running we started hunting hard um, once we got into northern Idaho I, w- I remember looking out and seeing like this marshy area and thinking wow that's what it looks like where moose where the, every time I've seen photos of moose that's what it looks like and then I remember thinking in my head it'd be really cool to see a moose and a minute after that I look out and I see a big cow moose, which is a girl moose. It was so cool. The first moose I've ever seen in my life. And that pumped me up. I was so excited. And that very first evening, it was that same day, Tuesday. Tuesday morning, I saw that moose beside the interstate. Tuesday evening, I'm out hunting. And I have a terrible experience because it's so thick. I can't see anywhere in the woods because it's so thick. You can only see like five yards. I can't sneak around. I didn't see any sign. It was rainy. It got cold. I was wet. I was just miserable. And I was having a little pity party. And I started heading back to camp. And I see a huge bull moose. A bull, bull moose is the one with the big antlers. It's a male. And it, it was so freaking cool. I saw two moose in one day. More than I've ever seen in my whole life. And the bull moose, I got within probably 10 yards of him. Super close. Dangerously close. And that guy was massive. The next evening, Wednesday evening, I heard wolves howling, which was so cool. I was really wanting to, hoping to see a wolf. I didn't see one, but I did hear the wolves, which was fascinating. So cool. And then the last thing, on Thursday morning, I was walking through the woods and I found a dead deer. It was a doe and her face was cut open like from a claw mark and part of her backside was eaten. She was dead, of course. And and I figured it was either a bear or a mountain lion. I wasn't sure. So the next day, I went back to the same spot to look at it, and it was kind of tucked under a log and covered up with leaves and sticks, which is what mountain lions do. So I knocked all the leaves and sticks off, and I pulled the deer back out, came back the next day, 
The same thing happened. The deer was put back under the log and covered up with leaves and sticks. I pulled it out, and the next morning, the exact same thing. There was a mountain lion in that area that just kept coming back to eat on that eat on that dead deer. And I was trying to hunt that because, gosh, it would have been so cool to get a mountain lion and then get it taxidermied and put it in um, in the front office of the school because we are cougars. We are the St. Teresa Cougars. Wouldn't that be awesome? So if any of y'all listening have access to mountain lion hunts, let me know. Because I want to go mountain lion hunting so I can get a mountain lion to put in our school. That would be awesome. Because I didn't get one this week. But anyhow, y'all, that's kind of a... We're going to wrap it up. This uh, episode, going to wrap her up. That was the thoughts. Um redneck accents not from Kentucky or Boston committing myself to something to someone a bigger thing that's out of my control doing everything that I can controlling all I can and trusting that the other thing will will my good you know and hunting is really the reminder of that that I can check all the boxes but it doesn't guarantee that the thing's going to get done there's still an element that's out of my control a surrender of love um this whole thing of loving ourselves for who God made us and who we are, not for what we do or don't do. And then just final, finally those thoughts on the animals. So, all right, y'all, Aji Kodajis, you know, God bless y'all. Get after it. Go do what you're doing.